else? We're talking about God is for everyone, how we can love and honor, respect, and know who everyone is and be people that are welcoming, hospitable to everyone, just in general and in our lives. And so the theme verse that we've been walking through and really planting ourselves on for the last few weeks is 2 Corinthians 5.15. And it's the Apostle Paul that he's called in the Bible. He's speaking, and he says this, and he's talking about Jesus. He says, He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. And so this, uh, this verse really talks about why we really feel like God is for everyone, because it clearly says that Jesus died for everyone. He died and was raised for them. And that's how we come with, but God is for everyone. And so we know through the past two weeks what we've talked about. We talked about who everyone is. So we listed off that there there are neighbors, there are enemies, and then even people and those that we might think are crazy. We also know that we should honor and respect everyone. That was our main focus for last week, that everyone is worthy of our honor. Everyone's worthy of our respect. And as followers of Jesus, we need to humble ourselves and be people that would honor everyone, even like the ones that rub us the wrong way, even the ones that might annoy us and bother us. And then going back to the first week, even those that we might think are crazy. And so uh, prayer is what we're going to jump into next. We're going to be setting out to answer the question of who else can we pray for? Because that want, that should be our focus. That's what we want to be focused on and having an impact on people's lives is that, yeah, we're going to honor and respect everyone, but we can also pray for everyone. And then next week, we'll jump into a little bit more feet, even past prayer and actions that we can take. And so prayer is one of the biggest topics that we could talk about as a church. And as followers of Jesus, it could be our, should be our main focus in our communication with God and continually talking about that. And so if you don't, if you don't feel like you have a good grasp on prayer, or you don't feel that you really have that uh, just desire or that like, communication with God where you might say, you know what, I just feel like me and God are on different wavelengths or different channels. We, we actually did a series back in September or the, in the fall that was, t- t- that was called Here as in Heaven. And I'd encourage you to go back and kind of go back to those things. But we focused on the, the part where Jesus is talking in Matthew, and he, t- he actually tells us a way that we can pray. And he actually says to pray like this. And so we're going to read that together, kind of to frame our thoughts and to frame our minds about what we're going to be discussing about when we're praying for everyone, how we can actually form those prayers. And so this is what Jesus said. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and give us today the food we need. And forgive us our sins, as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And so in that Here as in Heaven series, we talked about six different areas or principles that are involved when we pray and how we should be incorporating all these things and not just be focused on one thing. And so those different um, areas that we talked about in prayer was first adoration, that we need to give praise to God for who he is on a continual basis. The second was petition. How do we offer petitionary prayers to God where we might be asking God to meet us where we're at in our situation. We might be asking for needs that we are personally feeling in our own lives. The next area was intercession. 
praying on behalf of others. And that's what we're really going to focus on today, but there's going to be other parts of what we're talking about also of these six. Then we went to perseverance, and that means we're not going to give up when we might hit a roadblock. Or when we're praying and God's not answering the prayers the way that we want Him to, how we can persevere and continue on praying. And the last two were listening and just taking time to hear from God of what He wants to say to us. And then finally, warfare, realizing that God has given us power when we pray. And that's really the focus of our prayers, is that we would be calling on the power of God, that we'd be calling heaven onto earth into the lives of those in our lives, but in the lives of those that we love, the ones that we're cherishing, and even praying for our enemies, even loving our enemies. When we're talking to God, when we're letting our lives be changed, that's the focus of prayer, is that our hearts would begin to change and become like God's. That's just, because what I found, even just in normal life, the people that I talk to the most, they speak back into me, and I actually become like them. Like, you can tell if I'm around one of my friends, we grew up together, I just start to talk differently because we go back and we talk like how we used to when we were, you know, teen, teenagers together. And so it's like that. Those that you spend the most time with, those that you communicate the most with, you oftentimes begin speaking like, you oftentimes become like. And so that's our main focus in prayer. And so as we're going we're gonna to jump in and talk about praying for everyone, but I want you to just really focus in on your life of prayer and how you can make tangible next steps to grow in your life of prayer, grow in your communication with God. And so what we're going to be talking about today comes from 1 Timothy 2. Paul's writing to Timothy, a leader of the church at this time, and he's basically telling them like instructions on how they should conduct conduct themselves and how they should conduct the body of believers as they come together. And so this is what Paul says to him. He says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man, Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. And so today is going to be all about taking a next step in prayer. And our big idea is this. God wants you to pray for everyone. And as I was thinking about prayer, how often do we oftentimes think of prayer just in our circle and just in our situation and just in our problems about what we might be going through right now? I'm, I just think about my past life for the past two years, and my prayers have been predominantly been about my life, my needs, my concerns, and just saying, God, please help me in this. God, please help me grow through this. God, please help me, 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 my, 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 now, now, now. You know, like that's how our prayers can often be like. But if you go back to what Paul just said in that verse that we read, what did he say? He said to pray for all people. To ask God to help others. Intercede on their behalf. Give thanks for other people. Pray for those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives. And pray with a focus for other people to be reconciled to God. So as oftentimes as I'm tempted and as my prayer life is totally centered around me, Paul's saying, get past that and actually look around and see that there's people all over that need prayer. 
that need to be reconciled to God, that need to know the mediator, that's Jesus, the man who died for us. And he's saying, when you pray for them, don't just pray a quick prayer, but intercede on their behalf. Actually give thanks for them. And so when you merge these teachings of Paul with the teachings of Jesus, you get a really challenging prayer life. Because as you begin to intercede for your enemies, like Jesus said, then you're really challenging yourself. God, I'm going to intercede and pray and give thanks for my enemies. Like, that is really challenging, but that's where you get into this God is for everyone thing, and how we might just say it, we might just think, oh yeah, that's great, my church is for everyone, but then when we actually begin to take tangible steps to live it, that's where the rubber meets the road. And so I want you to think about the last time you prayed. Maybe it was just a few minutes ago as we were worshiping. Maybe it was this morning when you woke. Maybe you haven't prayed in the last few days or the last few weeks, and this prayer thing is just completely new. You've never just actually he's chosen to say, you know what, I'm going to pray for a need in my life and ask and talk to God about it. And so what was your focus? Was your focus on yourself or was your focus on, on others? And I'll be honest, two minutes before coming up here, my prayer focus is that God, just let me get up there and not make a fool of myself and just say something that's understandable, that lifts you up, and that can encourage all of us in our prayer lives. And so it's like pretty focused around me. You know, I get nervous, and so I just like, you know, God bring the heart rate down a little bit, and so if you want to know, I'm at 103 right now, slightly elevated, and so it's like, you know, you have to, for me, I have to give those things to God, but those are focused around me, but I want you guys to know that when we take the step of prayer to get past ourselves, that's when you begin to see God do some pretty incredible and amazing things in our prayer lives. Even just the act, the act of praying for someone else gets us out of our minds and gets us even a new perspective on our prayer lives and even a new perspective with God to say, God, you have all of this in your hands and I offer it to you. And I'm going to pray for this person even though I know that I'm walking through something else. And so in answering this question, the concept of praying for everyone is simple, but the application of it can actually be very hard. And so the question we want to ask is, who else can we pray for? Who else can we pray for? You know, Thad had that chair. We actually have that chair up here. I didn't bring it out. I wasn't even going to talk about it. But when you think about that the, these empty seats, even in here, or the empty seats in your house, like, you know, you have your family, and then, you know, because oftentimes our prayer lives can be surrounded by just our family's needs, and then you have an empty chair. Just think and visualize, who else can I be praying for? Who else can I be offering up prayers and petitions to God for? And so the first thought today, as we're answering this question, who should we pray for, is that we just need to pray first. We need to go through our lives in every situation that we walk into and just have this decision that we've pre-made that no matter what happens, we are going to pray first. Because I think oftentimes we make the decision and say, God, I've tried everything in my own power. Now will you help me? Or oftentimes we'll go before God and say, God, I've tried plans A through Y, and now please give me your plan for plan Z. Or the last thing we often do is that we have this 12-step program and then we get to the end and say, God, now I want your blessing on my life. When really, whenever we're talking about prayer, whenever we're meeting needs in our lives or meeting a need that's coming up that we want to pray for for someone else, 
prayer should be first. We should first go to God with all that we have and everything that we're dealing with because oftentimes when we pray first, our perspective will change. And that's what Paul said. He started off that section. He said, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. At the forefront of our hearts and our minds should be communication with God and giving him our prayer. And so when we, we need to pray first because it changes the orientation of our hearts and it changes the way that our mind thinks about situations. And so when I pray for the person for whom I'm about to be meeting with in a meeting, even like if it's a meeting that I need to go well in my favor, we need to start praying in those meetings so that we wouldn't go just in for our benefit, but that we would actually go into a meeting and pray beforehand and think, you know what? God, I see the situation and the ending that best fits my best outcome. But can I go into this meeting and think there's a way that both of us can find prosperity or benefit from this meeting? We need to first come before God, and when we're going on to the news on our websites and we're scrolling through the news, we need to first go in prayer and say, God, how do you want me to look at the news affecting my community, affecting my city, affecting my state, affecting my country, affecting our world? How do you want me to interpret these things? Because th this is what Paul said. He said, Pray for the kings and all in authority so that you can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. When I pray first, maybe I am slow then to post something on social media that might alienate the other side that doesn't agree with I think, with the way that I think. Maybe if I pray first, then I'm just going to have a different view on this and say, God, I don't think this is an A or B issue, but this is in shades of gray in the middle, and we need to work together to come to these things. Maybe we begin to think not in a binary way of thinking, but that we begin to think, God, you have a bigger plan at work in this situation, and I want to apply that plan into my life, and into my attitude. And I'm going to look at politics or the news or global issues completely differently because I want a God perspective on things. And that's what can happen when we pray first. When I'm in the habit of praying first, I'm choosing to live my life with palms up. I'm basically saying, God, I want to go into any situation open to a plan that you might have that I might not first come up with. It's saying, it's really part of that prayer, In the Lord's Prayer says, not my will, but your will be done. And so when we pray first, no matter if we're meeting with someone, no matter when there's a need that arises, because so oftentimes in our prayers, we just go to the first quick fix and say, God, do this for me right now. But maybe we need to step back and pray first and say, God, let me see this with your eyes. Let my perspective be changed. Let me see things a little bit differently. And so this goes in, um, you might be saying though, like you're a pastor and you're supposed to think like that. You don't know what I'm going through. And so I just want to say, thought to you, this is for all of us, is that your situation can open your eyes to who else. To let your situation open your eyes to who else you can pray for. Your situation, no matter what it is, is an opportunity for you to pray your situation that you might be going through. And so to kind of frame this thought, I want you to think of prayers as arrows and that you have this like quiver full of arrows ready to shoot. And just so think of these and think of these prayers as like 
things you're like shooting at, needs in other people, things that you're choosing to take before God, and you're just like, I'm going to offer up these prayers with my prayer bow and arrow and just fling these across. And I just want you to think about this as we're talking about this. And, you know, if you need a picture of a good um, marksman, I would pick Legolas or Robin Hood. You know, like those are the guys that I think of as great archery, you know, shooters. You know, you guys know Legolas from Lord of the Rings, right? He's awesome. Me, me and Danny have been watching The Lord of the Rings, so that's like where my mind is right now. So, um, you know, Legolas is the coolest guy. Long hair, you know, idol, obviously. Sorry, God, you know, with the hair thing. That's what I'm going for, braids and stuff. And so, uh, but so when you're talking about someone you want to model your life after as far as being good archery in prayer, I want to be Legolas. And so... If you need Robin Hood, like the fox on the Disney version, you know, have you guys seen that? Old, you know, I'm old now. That was my favorite movie growing up was Robin Hood, you know, with Little John, the big bear. So anyway, I've digressed. And so we're talking about prayer as in shooting arrows at a target. And so I want you to think about that. And so I want you to introduce yourself and to just say, like, what would you tell someone that you're first meeting? And so for me, it often is this, hi, my name is Jaden. I'm a pastor at Open Life. And so just in that, like me self-identifying my vocation or what I do, I've basically said something that I can be praying about, is that I'm a pastor and I have a church full of people to be praying for. That's like kind of where I feel like God's put me. And so when you introduce yourself and you say, you know, I'm so-and-so and I work here, that is something that you, that God has put you specifically into for you to pray for. Like, I work at this place so I know that I can work for those people. And so you kind of, that's easy way to think of it. Like, yeah, I'm going to pray for my work. I get it. But if you go past your vocation and begin to think about your situations and the ways that God has specifically gifted you, you begin to think, well, you know, I'm a manager at my work, and I feel like I'm a pretty good manager. So now you have a voice, and you have a prayer into other people that you see who are managers or are coaches, who are constantly investing into people. Even, into, even you have a voice into pastors if you know how to manage people. And so then maybe you're a parent, and you're coming up on your empty nest. Well, you have a voice to pray in to those families who are going through all stages of parenthood. You know the trials and the rigor of raising a child from birth to graduation from high school. You know the things that these parents who are on different stages of life know how to. And so just think about how that could change your prayer life when you're praying for another couple, let's say in the church, that are going through a tough time with their children. And you can say, you know what, I've been there, and I'm going to offer for prayer to God because I think I know pretty close to what this person is going through in their life. And so maybe you, for you students, maybe you're bullied at school. Maybe you've gone through a situation where it's just hard. Well, you now have a voice to pray for those who are also being bullied. And so sometimes, then this kind of gets into the challenges that come up, is that sometimes our challenges in our lives, the things that we walk through, the things that we never would want to experience, but sometimes, and I believe all the time, those prepare us to know specifically how to pray for specific situations. And so for me, for the last year and a half, this has been my, you know, I'm a pastor at Open Life, but then if I was ever going to be honest and tell you what's going on in my life, I'm going to say my mom died from a brain tumor a year and a half ago, and I've had to 
traverse the murky waters of grief, of pain, of cancer, of caregiving, and of unanswered prayer. And so when you say stuff like that, that's a mouthful. That's a lot to dump on someone. But think of it as this, that each, time, each of those different areas that I lifted off, I am now an expert to pray for other people going through those different things. I'm now an expert to pray for people who have loved ones who are dealing with cancer. I'm now an expert to know how people deal with death. I'm now an expert in unanswered prayer because I know what it feels like to pray for something for like 15 years of my life and to just never have it come out the way that I wanted it to happen. I'm an expert in all these things. And where oftentimes we are quick to say these challenges are things that I didn't want to deal with, these things that are something I want to just disown God for sometimes. But now, in hindsight, and with this perspective of prayer, I now realize and understand that it's like sharpening arrows, that now when someone has a need, it is weird when someone has a need or puts in a prayer request to pray for someone with cancer, it's like, you know, if I was a bug, my antenna ears just go straight up. I was like, I can pray for that. I know how to pray for that. Or when someone's dealing with caregiving a loved one, my ears just go up. I'm like, I can pray for that. I know how to pray for that. Or when people are dealing with unanswered prayer, just years after years, maybe for a loved one to come to know Jesus or whatever it might be, it's like, boom, I know how to pray for that. I know how to pray for that. And so if we begin to think of our challenges and our struggles of just God working with us and molding and shaping us to shoot arrows. You know, when a prayer request comes in from a mother who's pregnant and talking about the struggles of being pregnant, that's like, I'll pray for it, I'll shoot off an arrow, but I'm probably aiming at the exact wrong thing that they want prayer for. It's like, yeah, I'll pray for, you know, just the graciousness of husbands to work with them. I'll pray for, you know, all these things that I think that a mother needs to go through. But like when I'm shooting off that arrow, it's like it's probably going to miss the target of what that mother needs to be prayed for. But some of you are mothers. Some of you have gone through that. And so you know when someone is in that like second trimester and whatever else I'm getting out of my depth here talking about this. But you know the struggles that are, go- that are happening in their lives to where your, your, your arrow shooting at that prayer request could be dead on because you know exactly what they're going through. So when the prayer request comes in, and I know that I'm specifically capable, and I know exactly, not exactly, but close to what it, I'm ready to shoot my arrow because I've been put through the fire, and I know what my target's going after. And so I'm praying for those who are going through cancer. I'm praying for those who are dealing with unanswered prayer. I'm praying for those who are going through grief in their lives that they can't deal with because that's what God has equipped and empowered me to do. And so this quickly goes into God's purpose. Um, So, like, just to clear that up, though, does that mean that you should only pray for things that you feel like you're only equipped to pray for? And so the answer to that is absolutely not. We still have a quiver full of unlimited prayers to offer up to people where I'm still going to pray for those who are pregnant, even though I can't relate physically. I'm still going to pray for those who find healing from their families with cancer because I want to rejoice and be a part of that story. And so that's the danger, 
is when we choose not to pray, is that we're actually saying, well, I don't want to be a part of that story. I don't want to be about the outcome of it. Because how many times do we say, yeah, I'm praying for you, but then really did we? Did we go home and even on our drives or whatever, whenever your prayer time is for you, did we actually offer up a prayer for the things that we said we would pray for? Because when we don't, when we don't pray, when we're not a part of the story, then we miss out. We miss out when someone comes back and says, you know what, it's crazy, I don't know how this happened, but everything lined up perfectly for this thing that I was praying for. When you are a part of that and praying for it, you get to rejoice with that answered prayer. But if you didn't, you missed out. Yeah, you're going to rejoice with the person. But something inside of you said, you know what, I wasn't a part of it. And you're missing out on faith building. And I think that's the thing that happens. is like when you don't participate in prayer and the needs of others, you're missing out on opportunities to have your faith built. But it's the same when we don't get the answers we want. When we're praying for someone and maybe, it, like, you know, I'm so grateful for everyone who prayed for me and my family with the struggle with my mom and stuff. But through it all, you've been a part of it. And I feel like there's still faith built because now we know how to walk through trials together. At least I feel like I do. And so I can come out on the other side of it. You know, you guys remember, I used to cry a lot up here on the stage, and now I don't, I'm not even crying. And so it's like, I'm actually pretty excited, you know. (laughs) And so, but where I can talk about it from a different perspective through my prayer and the prayers of others. And so, 1 Thessalonians, Paul continuing to teach on prayer, he says this, Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Constantly be in prayer. Constantly be first to offer these things to God when, we're see, when we hear about needs in our lives, but more importantly, when you hear about the needs in other people. And so the cool thing about it, I was thinking about this, I've been reading some books on prayer and stuff, and this, act, this guy that... This random story I'd never heard of before came up in like two different books and articles that I was reading on prayer. And the guy's name is uh, Richard Laubach. And he, old guy, he died almost 50 years ago. But he was a missionary to the Philippines. And he first went there in 1915. And so his form of ministry and being a missionary was that he was going to try and figure out, one, how he could practice the presence of Jesus. And so he, he started to come with these, and this is where we're going to focus on. But then he also moved on, and he be, became a person who began to teach people how to read, who weren't able to read. And out of this, it just didn't work in the Philippines, but he had this program called Each One, Teach One. And so it actually went across, like, many different countries, and his ministry grew, and it was an amazing things. But we're going to start, I want to talk about how he first started this practicing the presence of Jesus. And this is, you can read, um, you can read through his actual journal and what he's praying about. And so this was a prayer excerpt that I took out that I wanted to read together to challenge us in how we can think about prayer. It's from March 23rd, 1930. So a long time ago, still, the cool thing is it's still applicable, applicable today. He says this, so my problem is this, Can I bring God back in my mind flow every few seconds so that God shall always be in my mind as an after after image? Shall always be one of the elements in every concept and precept I choose to make the rest of my life an experiment in answering this question. And so this is what he did. 
He actually created this like framework and a mindset that he was going to choose to give God one second of every minute of his life. And that was his like goal, his aspirational thing that he wanted to live for is the God, how can I be more in tune with you and your will? And so this is what he chose to do. He said, I'm going to try and give God every minute. And so for him, he said, you know, if I can just think of God for one second, that counts as like that minute. And so he actually formulated this into like a game and a pamphlet. And it was called the Game of Minutes. And so he wrote out just this simple pamphlet. You can, if you search Game of Minutes on Amazon, it's like $6.99 and you'll get it. And you think, I paid $6.99 for this because it's so small. But you read it and you're like, whoa, <laughs> like this guy knows what he's talking about. Like, if you're wanting to get closer with God, this is what you want to read. And so I want to tell you about some things that he says in there about how we can be in tune with God and how it affects the way that we pray for others. And so there's like 17 things that he listed off that, like it counts as you win the minute. And so I just want to list off a few because they can be encouraging to us. The one is pray. Another one is talk or write about God. Another one was whisper to God. Read a scripture verse or poem about God. And this one was cool. Share suffering or sorrow with another. And how when we're sharing in those things, that could be us being dwelling on God and winning that minute. And then the next one was hear God and see him in flowers, trees, water, hills, and sky. And so I just think about our lives. If we would choose to live with that audacity and that much like determination to say, God, I want to live with you every single minute of my life, that I give you one second of every minute just to be in your presence and to know that I'm in tune with you. But he also, Richard, he gives this advice about how we can do this when we're in crowds of people. And he says, we whisper God or Jesus or Christ constantly as we glance at every person near us. We try to see double as Christ does. We see the person as he or she is and the person Christ longs to make them. Remarkable things happen until those in tune Look around as though you spoke. And so in another journal entry, he actually talked about how he would do this. He would walk into groups of people and just, like, say something under his breath or in his mind, just like, like, I'm praying for you, or God be with this person. And I was thinking, you know, a cool name for Jesus that they talk about is Emmanuel, which means God with us. What if you walked around, like, just when you're, you know, on a commuter train or in groups of people at the mall, and you're just walking around, and you're just saying, God be with that person. God, be with whatever situation is going to. It's challenging, and it, it takes a level of, like, determination. But when we take those small steps to get to that point, you begin to think, God, you are really doing work, and you're, you're like, extending power from me to these people. And so this is why I bring up this story, is that in, uh, for thought three, is that I think we should pursue this thing I've been calling significant insignificance. Because in our prayers, I really want us to begin to think that the things I'm bringing to God are so small compared to the majesty and the power that God has when we're praying. That I want the scale of what and who you are praying for to be so large that when things start happening, you can't go back and say, well, this is happening because I prayed for this. Where you are constantly just saying, God, this is totally you working through this situation. I know it's not by my will, not by my power that this is happening, but by your spirit working through me that I'm seeing things happen for the things that I'm praying for. 
You know, John the Baptist is a key character in the, uh, talking about Jesus, and he's, he was called to prepare the way for Jesus. So he came before Jesus, like, you know, months apart. They're actually cousins, and so you read this about John. And so one of my coolest, my favorite verses in all of Scripture is John basically saying who Jesus is. And he's going through, and this is what he says in John 3, 27 through 30. John's talking to his disciples, and he, he's saying, No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I told you, I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride, and the bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. And then this is the coolest part, is that this is what John says. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. And so when we're pursuing this thing of significant insignificance, it's significant because when we pray, each time we ask something of God, we're asking the creator of heaven and earth to come and intercede on our behalf. It's significant. And don't ever think that a prayer is not significant. But it's insignificant because we're just people. We're just people going through our lives who've chosen to follow Jesus, and we're basically saying, I'm just glad to be with Jesus. I'm just glad that I can become less and less as Jesus becomes greater and greater in my life. And so I just wanted to give you guys some practical things to think about as we're talking about prayer. And as we're talking about specifically praying for other people. And so on the screen, there's this thing. It's called Real Time Board. If you go to realtimeboard.com. Um, this is the first picture. John, can you find that? Is it on there? Uh, so this is something I made. It's like a digital whiteboard. And so I decided about a month ago to start just putting my prayers on this whiteboard. And, you know, I don't have a whiteboard big enough for all this stuff, and my writing is kind of bad. So I decided to go all digital. And so just so you can see a little bit of my mind, down here are, like, some close friends that I grew up with. Up there is, like, my family. Like, I have, my mom had, like, eight brothers and sisters, so I have a lot of cousins. And I actually had to do research to figure out the names of these people that I wanted to be praying for. And so, you know, thank you, Facebook. And so then um, what's cool for you guys, I want you to know, is that that's my, like, open life prayers. That, like, when people have prayer requests going on, I'm, and that's cool, is there's these little post-it notes that you can put on there. So if you go to the next picture, John, the next one is, that's like my family, just so you can see how big they are. And so everything's blurred. You're not going to get to see all the things I'm praying for, you know, because I wouldn't want to do that. But I will let you see the next slide. It's a little bit closer up. So these are, I'm, this is how I pray for the Huffs, you know, Pastor Thad and Dana. And so I'm praying for uh, Thad and Dana and their marriage, you know, that God were to protect them. Praying for vision and favor, and then for stress. I put a line for stress and Thad, and then put it directly to Jocelyn and Jenna. And then if you see the next one up there, it's for driver's ed. And so I was like, I'm intentionally praying protection over Thad and Dana for their stress, but also their safety. And so then as you go on, I just want to pray for Dana as she teaches at school, and then Preston, you know, Jaden, and Jocelyn and Jenna for schooling and driver's ed and stuff. So just, these aren't like 
you know, long prayers and paragraphs that I'm writing out to like just God, exposing to God about these things. But they're intentional thoughts and things that I'm praying for for people. And so maybe you'll go to this and you say, oh, that's a cool. So I encourage you to do that. We'll post that on social media if you want to follow along tomorrow so you can see, click on it. You don't have to jot it down. But then like, what if you just had a list? What if you just, on the back of the note sheet today, you understand, I'm going to start off, I'm going to start intentionally praying for people and their needs, no matter who it is. I have some weird people on this list. I started praying for a barista at Starbucks, randomly. I was praying for someone at work who would never know that I'm praying for them. Like, they're just probably never going to know about it. Unless, like, I hear back something great happened, like, oh, that's cool, I was praying for you, you know? Like, um, but, like, <clears throat> We think so many times that prayers are these things that we have to spend an hour and a half for at night, and it's just going to totally, you know, cramp my style and cramp who I am. But what would be way better is if we took the attitude of Richard and said, how can I give God a second of every minute of my life and see how God can change my life from there and change the lives of other people that I'm around? So whether you use pad of paper, a notebook, something online, or maybe you create a Google sheet that you can constantly just write people that you're praying for in a need, and then you can go back and look at the spreadsheet. But look, what's cool, and what I'm excited about, is I'm not going to change and erase people. I'm going to keep people on there. And so from a year from now, I hope that there's like a long list of prayer requests that I've been praying for for people, for the things in their lives, and I can see tangible impact for. And so I say a lot just to encourage you, when you write those prayer requests, those are straight on the board. When you have things going in your life, I'm praying for things for you guys that you would never have asked for. And I just want you to know that. Like, you have someone in your corner. You have a church in your corner, and you have people in your corner. But what's cool, and what I want us to get to think about, is, like, that's my, like, spreadsheet. Like, like my leaf. Like, if you think of my prayers going out like this. But yours are going to be different. Yours are going to mold differently. And so just, like, dream with me for a second. What if... We prayed for everyone in Bonnie Lake through our different relationships and prayed for just the things that, the things that we're a part of and the things that we're doing, whether it's our vocation or whether it's a group that we're a part of, and just said, God, I pray for every single person in these things, and I just give these things to you. Like, just imagine what could happen if we covered this whole city in prayer every opportunity we had. And so it's a challenge, but it's also something to fall into and just say, God, I want you to do it. And so I'm going to skip over. I had some cool other things. I just want to read you one more thing that uh, Richard—actually, two more things. September 28, 1931. It says, I have found such a way of life. I ask nobody else to live it or even to try it. I only witness that it is wonderful it is indeed heaven on earth, and it is very simple. So simple that any child could practice it. Just to pray inwardly for everybody one meets, and to keep on all day without stopping, even when doing other work of every kind. And so that's, our, that's just another journal entry from Richard. It's challenging, though. And so our action point today is so simple that you would just pray for someone. That you would just pray for someone, but I have some little steps underneath. The first one is if you've never prayed for someone, just pray for someone. Write it down, whether you're going to use the Connect card so we can pray with you, or whether you use the back of the note sheet and you're going to take it home and that's the start of your prayer board. 
and just thinking about that, that would be the first step. Make a prayer for someone. But the second thing that we can do that brings so much encouragement is when you tell someone that you're praying for them. Where you just say, you know what, I'm praying for you. I know you're going through this, and I just wanted to say, like, you know, I'm praying for that. And what's cool is when you are able to connect those things that we talked about that you're an expert at, and to say, you know what, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you because I know what it's like to care for a loved one who's sick. I'm praying for you because I know what it's like to have a mom who has cancer. I'm praying for you because I know what it's like when we have unanswered prayers. And then finally, and for some of you, this will be totally, like, crazy. But to, like, physically with someone, pray with them. Like, if you would walk up to someone, even, like, even as we're worshiping, the person next to you, like, even, maybe you've never loved, like, prayed for your spouse and just said, you know what, I want to pray for you for whatever needs are going on in your life. So you just put a hand on their shoulder and say, God, I just pray in agreement with this person for whatever is going on in their lives. But when we begin to take these small steps and we begin to see and connect what God could be doing through our prayers, we see his power going out from us to do what God wants to do. Our perspective changes and we begin to see what God wants to do. And so finally, we'll pray after this. His lo- one of the, another thing on September 28th that Richard wrote is that one need not tell God everything about the people for whom one prays, holding them one by one steadily before the mind and willing that God may have his will with them is the best. For God knows better than we what our friends need, yet our prayer releases his power. We know not how. Paul said, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. So let's do that today. God, we just take this opportunity and this time right now to pray for others. We take a time to just maybe practically write down a name on a connect card or on the back of a note sheet to say, God, this is the start of my prayer board. This is the start of who I'm going to be praying for consistently And God, I pray that as we endeavor to give you a second of every minute, what an audacious thing to try and do. I pray we would not get, you know, bent out of shape to think that we have to do this so legalistically, but that we would see just the beauty of it. That even if we thought about you every hour or once every day intentionally, that you would use that to work in our hearts for the good that you want in us and in those that we have impact with. And so I pray today, Lord, that as we intentionally do these little steps, as we begin to put these things one by one by one together, that we would just see an outpouring of your love, an outpouring of your peace, an outpouring of your prosperity just on the things that we're praying for. And so I ask for power to move through us, God. Let us lift these things up to you. And we just ask this in your mighty name.